It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. All right, just one NHL game underway tonight. The Devils lead the Flyers two one early in the second period. McLeod and Palmieri scoring for New Jersey. Farabee, his 14th of the season for Philadelphia. Coming up in a few minutes, Panthers in Chicago, Red Wings and Predators at 6.30. It's the Lightning and the Stars and the late game tonight, the Avalanche taking on the Coyotes. The Oilers practice today in Montreal and then found out later in the day that they do not have a game tomorrow. They also found out they do not have a game on Friday. The National Hockey League announcing today that because of the two Canadians In the NHL's COVID protocols, the team's games postponed through Sunday, March 28th. So for Montreal, they uh, lose the two more games against Edmonton, three in total. They were also scheduled to play Ottawa on Sunday. So Montreal's next scheduled game is now Tuesday, March 30th, one week from today. The league said pending test results in the coming days. It's expected that the Canadians will be able to reopen their facilities for practice on Monday, March 29th. So the Oilers' next game is now Saturday at Toronto. Saturday at Toronto. It'll be a 3.30 face-off show, and the game will start at 5. So that's what we can tell you there. No uh, no games in Montreal, and we'll talk a little bit more about if and when they uh, might be made up. But after practicing today, the Nuge told you about finding out yesterday, not long before the game, that it was called off. Yeah, it was uh, definitely, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a bit of a strange feeling. Um, some guys had some equipment on. Um, I was kind of just finishing my warm-up and about to get ready, and, and they told us. So the mindset kind of flips right away. You're like, yeah, it's uh, it, was, it was a bit of a weird situation, but obviously other teams have gone through it, and uh, it's kind of the situation we're in this year. So um, we kind of rolled with it and uh, go from there. All right, and uh, yeah, of course, you know how it played out yesterday, and we were giving you the face-off show here on 6.30, Chad, and found out about halfway through that the game was going to be postponed. Dave Tippett on dealing with the postponed game. A little bit shocking. I've I've been around the league a long time, and there's been some times when games have been cancelled because of a lockout or something, but getting postponed 15 minutes before warm-up, that one's never happened before. The players were surprised. Um... You know, in the coaches' room, we we saw the two names come out at about five o'clock on the on the email, but um, we wondered if things were going to where things were going to go. But it looked like everything was fine. And then uh, Ken Holland phoned me about fifteen minutes before warm up and told us that uh, it was postponed. So went back to the hotel and had dinner, and just got to wait and see what happens. I guess. All right. Well, and obviously they found out that uh, they're not playing tomorrow or Friday either. Darnell Nurse also talking about his reaction to the postponed game. Well, unexpected because you're in the pre pre game routine. Uh, for me, I was taping my sticks, and I think uh, um, Harry uh, came in and then told us that the game wasn't on. And I think it was that you know Harry's a pretty funny guy, so we thought he was kind of joking at first, and then. Uh, 
came to find out the game was actually canceled. So it was uh, obviously a different experience, something we haven't experienced uh, in, in this North Division. But I mean, that's that's the world today. That's the world during this pandemic. You have to be flexible. You have to uh, you know roll with the punches, and you know can't let that uh, derail what we have going on here. We you just gotta gotta roll with it, and you know, now we have uh, a couple of days to to get some rest and, and our legs under us, and you just gotta make the most of the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a week between games for the Oilers. Says they'll go from Saturday to Saturday now without playing, and they'll have three games that'll have to be made up somewhere. And the the games the the makeup dates for these games against the Canadians have not been announced. If you look at the schedules for both teams, there is certainly not a convenient place to put these games. When the Oilers have a little gap in the schedule, the Canadians do not. And if you look at Montreal's schedule between now and the end of the season, they really don't have any gaps uh, anywhere. I mean, their April looks a lot like the Oilers' March, where you're pretty much playing four games a week and you have a lot of back-to-backs. And then, um, you know, obviously once you get into May, now, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. And, and again, it hasn't been announced, but e- even – doing something in May would be would be at the beginning of May I'm talking about would be pretty difficult. I mean the Canadians don't play on the 4th, 5th and 6th, but the Oilers play on the 4th and the 6th and then yeah, so I mean like I said I I the most logical solution to this, the most logical scenario is that these games are perhaps played on just for argument's sake, they'd probably play them three and four nights. They play them May 10th, 11th, and 13th. And then that's the end of the regular season, and then you go into the playoffs. So certainly not ideal, but the NHL has that left that little buffer. They, they currently don't have any games past May 10th, but they may have to do this year to get in all the North Division contests. Uh, Dave Tippett simply said, well, we can't worry too much about the possible scenarios. You read and react when, when it happens. Uh, you know that it's going to be a quirk. You just have to deal with it. If we can fit it in somewhere uh, when we're out east here, that would be good. But if you if you can't fit it in, you can't put yourself you know at a disadvantage somewhere else just to try to fit it in. You got to you got to if you have to fit it in the end of the year, that's what's going to have to happen. So what we'll see. I mean, I, I know Ken deals with that and uh, and the league and whatever it comes out, we just have to deal with it and make the best of it. All right, so that's where we stand. Now, I can tell you, I don't know what the Oilers' plans are for the, the rest of the week. I don't know if they're going to stay in Montreal. I, I do believe that they're they're having a meeting tonight to determine what they're doing. Um, I mean, they could go to, to Montreal or they could go to Toronto already tomorrow. They could stay in Montreal and, and travel on Friday to uh, Toronto. I don't know if it makes much sense to, say, come back to Edmonton tomorrow and then practice in Edmonton Thursday and fly all the way back east uh, out on Friday. I don't know if that makes the, the most sense, but I suppose it would possibly be another option they, they would explore, though I think that would be uh, pretty unlikely, but we'll see how this proceeds. But for the moment, the Oilers do remain in Montreal, and uh, it remains a mystery when these games are going to be rescheduled. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 6.13. Reed Wilkins with you on Inside Sports. You can get in touch. 
on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials, 780-496-0063. Kelly Rudy coming up tonight. He's going to make his weekly appearance. Bob Stoffer will check in uh, a little bit later, too, to discuss these postponed games. And uh, if we hear anything uh, else about uh, travel plans or makeup games, well, I don't think we're going to get any uh, idea of, of makeup games between now and then. But that's where we stand. That is where we stand. 780-496-0063. Also today... The NHL has announced changes to the draft lottery format. We told you about this a couple of weeks ago that it was on the table. Well, now they are going ahead with it. First of all, the number of lottery draws is going to be reduced. Instead of three, there will be two. So if you're the worst team in the league, you can only drop down to third. In uh, recent years, you've been able to drop all the way down to fourth. So if you uh, ever went 0-82, you could finish no worse than third. There's also going to be a move-up limitation. That is 10. So a club participating in the draft lottery uh, can move up 10 spots if it wins the draft lottery. So if you are the best non-playoff team, and your name got drawn, you could not move up to first or second. You could move up from 16th to 6th. That's it. And they've also done something else here, and this has been discussed before, even back to when the Oilers drafted first overall three years in a row. No single team will be able to advance in the draft by reason of winning a lottery more than twice in any five-year period. So if uh, you won the draft lottery and moved up to pick first overall in 2021, and then you had another craptacular team in 2022, and you won the draft lottery, and then you had another craptacular season in 2023, you could not win the draft lottery. Uh, you already would have moved up twice in your five-year period. So those are some of the changes there. All right, it's 6.15. We'll take a quick timeout, 780 Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Three, if you want to participate tonight, inside sports on Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. And of course, Oilers game tomorrow postponed. Oilers game Friday in Montreal postponed. A couple of Canadians players remain in the NHL's COVID protocol. We got the decision, uh, when was it? Around four this afternoon. So the next game for the Oilers is going to be Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who they trail uh, in points percentage atop the North Division. They are actually tied in points. The Leafs have two games in hand. Winnipeg is right there, two points back of Edmonton and Toronto. They have two games in hand. So now what's interesting, three games this week wiped out for the Oilers. 
and very possible that they're going to be rescheduled for the second week of May. So now the Oilers are going to have those games in their back pocket because most of the season we've been saying, well, well, I've been saying anyway, I've been saying, I got to give you the points percentage because there's a fairly large discrepancy in games played. So I'm not going to always give the standings in points. I'm going to give it in points percentage. And now as we move through April, other teams are going to pass the Oilers in games played and the Canadians too. I mean, the Canadians are only at, at 31 and they're actually having four games wiped out by this for the time being. We'll see when they get rescheduled. Uh, so, so now it, it, all, it, the games played kind of being a disadvantage for the Oilers for a lot of the season now could turn out to be a little something they got in their back pocket. Uh, kind of like a, you know, kind of like a secret thing in a Tarantino movie. He's not showing you what's in the guy's back pocket but there's a lot of reference to it being pretty, pretty cool and maybe pretty powerful. It's like what's in the briefcase. Remember that, Kellen? That's what I'm talking about. The Oilers' three games in hand are what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. You're not even old enough to know what Pulp Fiction is. I thought you were talking about deal or no deal, and I was like, well, who's Ma- deal Howie or no Mandel? Deal, is, <laughs> deal or deal, yes. Not Quentin Tarantino. It's Howie Mandel. Yes. Kellen Kennedy, the first person in human history to confuse Quentin Tarantino with Howie Mandel. Could you imagine how Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction yeah. goes if Howie Mandel is the director of those movies? You're not, uh, well, you've a couple, hey, I'm far from perfect, and you can, you can bug me, but you've a couple celebrity slip-ups for you over the years. You, you thought Sigourney Weaver was about 40, yeah. and she's in her mid-60s. Yes, you're still, <laughs> hey, you're still allowed to have a crush on her. I'm not telling you you can't have a crush on Hey, him. on the flip side, a Quentin Tarantino produced and hosted Deal or No Deal would be amazing. I, I, I would I watch that. that. Yeah, that could be pretty suspenseful. It, there'd probably be a lot more profanity as, uh, as well. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, the Oilers postponed games. So now they're going to have these three games uh, put back to the rest of the season. I don't know what they're going to do with the practice schedule. I'm going to ask Kelly Rudy about that about that when he comes up in the next segment of the show. If you're a player, do you do you, when, do you want a day off? When do you want the day off? I'm sh- I'm sure they're going to give the Oilers a day off at some point, though. Uh, not too much they can do. Dave Dip, Dave Tippett did reveal earlier today during his comments that. To remember that previous game in Montreal, Jesse Pugliarvi had what turned out to be a fa- false positive. So he didn't even participate in the morning skate. And that's the difference here. That game in February was delayed by an hour. Instead of starting at five mountain time, it started at six. But Pugliarvi didn't participate in the morning skate. So he wasn't around his teammates. Koskinen was taken out of the equation as well. And all that he did was he went on a walk with Pugliarvi. So they were... Uh, presumably outside in in open air but just to be careful Miko was identified as a close contact and he missed that game against Montreal as as well Dylan Wells served as the backup and, and Mike Smith played so that that's how careful they're being but the difference there is Pugliarvi didn't take the morning skate these Montreal players took the morning skate yesterday Armia and Kotkaniemi and then they found out in the afternoon oh well wait a minute now they're on the COVID protocol list well wait a minute they were around their teammates this morning so that's how why this has played out the way it has and why it's a little different than the situation with Pugliarvi and then Pugliarvi had a couple of negative tests and he was able to come home so so anyway so for this race now the Oilers get to sit on this three-game winning streak for an entire week the Leafs have one game before facing the Oilers on Saturday so they're only going to have one game in hand with two coming up against um, Edmonton. So an opportunity for the Oilers to uh, to narrow the gap one way or the other, even if Toronto wins their 
their next game. The Oilers are playing well. There, there's a uh, there's a lot to like about the team. I, I mean, look, I, I think Tyson Berry has been fantastic. I know there's discussion about, well, okay, is he, you know, what's he's defending, all this kind of stuff. Look, the Oilers have not had that caliber of an offensive defenseman in a long, long time. Sheldon Surrey had a great season about 13 years ago when it came to scoring goals, got up to 23. Chris Pronger was just an outstanding all-around defenseman. Uh, I mean, Marc-Andre Bergeron could shoot the puck, just talking about guys in the last 20 years. Tom Gilbert, uh, you know, had a year where he got up double digits in goals. But really, in terms of the overall dynamic offensive contribution, the Oilers haven't had Tyson Berry in a while. And, and the reason, part of the reason I bring this up is... Because I, I'm at the point where they have a player like that, and I, I think that his game should be celebrated rather than the flaws pointed out. And look, there's no perfect player in the NHL. You get into a playoff series, there there's the risk any player can be exposed or tendencies can be taken advantage of, things like that. But what we're what we're you know, I, I know from doing a lot of games in the decade of darkness. What were two things I heard a lot of from people like you? And I'm talking specifically to you, Dave and Stony Plain. So that the Oilers could really use an offensive right shot defenseman. Like that, just just get us a right shot defenseman. Well, they got one. And what was the other thing I heard? Oh, nobody wants to come to Edmonton. Edmonton's a big crap hole. Even though I live here, this is I'm impersonating people now. Of course, I wasn't clear by my slight change in tone. Uh, oh, nobody. This is just such a crappy place to live, and it snows, and none of these players want to come here when they can go to Florida or California and and maybe even play on better teams in some of those cities. Tyson Berry picked Edmonton. Like two things happen that I that many of you were convinced would never happen. Right shot defenseman. Somebody picked Edmonton over every other market in the league. Same player did it, and he's pretty darn good. Now, 3-1 New Jersey leading Philadelphia, seven and a half minutes to go in the second period. Kelly Rudy is next on Inside Sports. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Second period, Devils leading the Flyers 3-1. About halfway through the first period, Chicago up 1-0 on Florida. Kubalik, 11th of the season. Does anyone else think of Kubasa when they see or hear the name Kubalik? I do. One of many things which makes me think of Kubasa. Six minutes left in the first period. Red Wings and Predators are scoreless. Lightning and Stars will drop the puck. In a couple of minutes later, Avalanche and Coyotes. The Oilers games in Montreal tomorrow and Friday have been postponed. So add that to the postponed list along with yesterday's game for the Oilers. Also Montreal's game on uh, Sunday against the Ottawa Senators. Also taken off the schedule. So that will be have to have to be made up. We do not have makeup dates for any of these games yet all we know for now is that the Oilers will play in Toronto on Saturday 3:30 face-off show here at 6 30 Chet and the game will start at five Ryan Nugent Hopkins today was asked about uh, you know the types of things the team has to do to try to stay safe 
we want to keep it uh, out of the locker room. Uh, that's uh, that's a huge, huge important thing this year. Um, uh, you, you just, we just, yeah, I mean, you just absolutely cannot bring it in. And um, so guys are being smart. And, uh, nobody's risking anything. And um, I mean, uh, the setup uh, this year at the hotel is they have nice lounges and stuff for us to hang out in and uh, ping pong tables, that kind of thing. So um, it's uh, they've made it uh, easier to stay in a hotel for multiple days. Uh, and that, that's just what we're doing. I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, Montreal is a great city. We'd be, uh, we'd love to be able to go for dinner and stuff like that, but it's uh, just uh, not possible this year. All right, a little bit from the Nuge. That was after today's practice, which apparently was a pretty up-tempo practice, and you can get more on that on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. That was uh, before the Oilers knew about Wednesday's and Friday's game, kind of reacting to yesterday's news and just talking about things in general with the pandemic and with that game called off. Okay, he joins us every week on the show, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free Visit sentinelstorage.ca, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm doing great, Reed. I had my first uh, vaccination today for the virus. Uh, feeling good. I posted it on social media, and I have to say uh, everybody's been amazing, and uh, you know they're uh, very supportive, and I, that really warms my heart to hear that because I think that uh, that's how I feel anyways, that uh, this is a step in the right direction for all of us. All right, I'll give everybody a second here to Google Kelly Rudy's age so you can confirm that he is indeed eligible for the vaccine. Yes, I am. And now we'll continue <laughs> the interview. Uh, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's good to hear for sure. But, of course, COVID affecting the, uh, the Oilers' schedule. They will not play tomorrow. They will not play Friday against the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, look, we, we know the storylines there. I, I, I want to ask you this, though. Um, so you, you're, you've traveled to Montreal, you've had one game wiped out, now you have two more wiped out. What do you think the ideal way to approach practicing or perhaps not practicing with the next game coming up uh, on Saturday in Toronto? I know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have the first clue what to do, uh, how to move forward. Um, you know, I think that uh, with all the, the medical people involved in these decisions, that they'll come up with something that uh, uh, weighs heavily on the side of safety, which I think uh, we all would agree is great. Let's not just go do something here uh, in the short term that uh, might mess things up even greater. And so, um, man, I was, I guess I was kind of surprised but not really that it hit the uh the Cana canadian teams and uh the canadians and you know the numbers are just rising it just seemed inevitable as as well as everybody's done and how hard everybody's tried to stay safe i think it was inevitable that uh, at some point some there would be some games postponed in canada in fact i think they did an amazing job to go this long without yeah, well, and we'll see when the games get rescheduled. I mean, these might not uh, mm -hmm. get thrown back on the schedule until that that second week of May, that week of of May tenth, that they've sort of left in there uh, as a buffer. So, if you if you were to have, like, would you if when you were a player, would you want to practice every day, or would you be hoping like, okay, let's hope the coach gives us Wednesday off, or we go hard Wednesday, get Thursday off, then get back into a routine on Friday for Saturday's game. Yeah, I would probably welcome it, it, at least one day in there where we can sort of get our mind away from the, the rink and the hockey and the virus and, and those sorts of things. I think you and I have talked about this many times, Reed. I think the mental health of these guys uh, goes 
I don't know, underreported a little bit during this whole thing. And, you know, we've just watched some crazy, crazy hockey this entire year. And, and a lot of it to me is I'm not trying to make much sense of it because these guys are going through so much. And to try and, you know, read into a bad pass or a bad goal that you've let in, uh, I don't think really serves a, a real good purpose. Yeah. Well, you know, things are going well here for the Oilers. So they were they were hoping to try yes. to keep rolling right away. But uh, two, I, I thought, pretty impressive wins over the Jets. They won the second half of the doubleheader in Calgary quite handily. I mean, they really yep. pulled away in the third period. And, and yeah. on the blue line for the Oilers, I mean, you got to go back a long, long way to find production like Nurse and Barry are bringing this season. I mean, they, they are just killing it this year. I agree. Uh, so I'll address Nurse first. Uh, you know, I think it was like two, three years ago and uh, when Nick was still on the panel and we were talking about him, and I think there's some people, uh, fans of the Oilers, that were still unsure what kind of player he might turn into. And that's a legit question. I mean, at that point, you're kind of wondering what you think or where his ceiling might be. And uh, at that point, I think Nick and I are both adamant that, no, you've got to keep this guy. There's, there's a lot there. And just his, uh, how athletic he is, uh, his physical uh, talents. Uh, and once you start to really understand the game and learn the game a little bit better, like all young players, there was a lot to see there. And so I'm really happy to say that uh, he's reaching his potential. Um, and then for his partner, Barry, uh, I don't know if you saw our show on Saturday, but I talked about him for the last uh, two Saturdays, in fact. This is a real feel-good story for me because for all of us that have watched Tyson Berry uh, for a long time, even going back to when he was in Kelowna, uh, there was a lot there. And uh, in Colorado, when he averaged, what, 49 points a season, so basically 50 points a season for a long time, uh, and to see him struggle mightily uh, last year in Toronto, that was hard to watch. It really was because it wasn't the physical talents that he has. It was certainly a mental game. And uh, Toronto has, is not always a destination spot for all players. It's It can be really grinding on you. It can be really difficult mentally. And even though he led their defense in scoring with 39 points because Morgan Riley's uh, injury situation, he just never really looked that comfortable to me, Reed. There are many times when... Uh, I would think, why is he questioning um, what he's doing out here? Because, you know, he just has that natural instinct to join the rush and, or uh, cycle the play in the offensive zone, and he works so well with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, incredibly well, by the way, and you just didn't see that. He's always looked in Toronto like he was hesitating and, and we're not quite sure when to uh, be offensive-minded, and that's just his game. So to see him pr playing freely, and having fun again is just a really cool thing to watch, and uh, I'm really happy for him. Well, and that must change the way that teams have to defend the Oilers. Or if, I'm thinking even for an opposition player to jump over the boards and start a shift or, or go out, you know, mm -hmm. change on the fly. I mean, he knows – you have to know when McDavid on, is on the ice. You have to know yeah. when Drysaddle's on the ice. More often than not, the last few games, they've been on together. So if yeah. you're out on that line, you know, okay – this is going to be a tough shift. And then I would think Barry adds even another dimension for that, where it must be like, great. Not only do I get to worry about the top two scorers in the league, now we got this other guy on the back end that can kill us. 
Yeah, and the one thing about what Barry does and how he attacks is that it's not predictable. So when you're scouting the Oilers and and you're uh, talking to your your head coach and uh, the staff, and you're saying, okay, when Drysail and McDavid are out, watch for Barry because he likes to do this. Well, if you can come up with what he likes to do, I have no idea because he's more just like a rover, right? He just <laughs> he ad libs, he just feels the play, and and that's what's so great about uh, watching him is that. You know, you might have an idea in this certain circumstance what he might like to do, but he's just random. He just goes out there and creates, and that's what's so fun about watching his game. So, yeah, you're aware of when he's on the ice, but it's not like you can tell the uh, left winger, okay, here's what he might be doing in this case because I, I've watched him a lot this year and over the years, and I can't figure it out yet. Yeah, Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports, joins us once a week. Okay, so the Calgary Flames, they don't have a good record against Ottawa. That's uh, hurting them along the way here. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the game last night, the, uh, the Gustafson, the goaltender, gets his first NHL win. And then there's the, the situation with the puck. It goes to the Flames bench. It gets thrown back on the ice. It gets shot away. And it's just one of those things that, like, I don't want to make too much out of it, Kelly, but I also right. know that type of thing doesn't really happen a lot and it appears to be quite an unsportsmanlike maneuver. I'm wondering mm -hmm. how you saw it. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I can speak uh, personally about Rasmus Anderson and he's a, a really cool dude. Like he's got a good heart. Uh, I was on the zoom uh, call today when he was asked about it and he, he said, and I, I really do believe him. He said it was nothing intentional. In fact, he was just so mad that they had lost the game, that it didn't even occur to him that that was the first win for Gustafson. Like, I've got to tell you, as an ex-athlete, uh, that wouldn't have occurred to me. I would have been so mad, in, and in my own world, that I wouldn't have been thinking, oh my gosh, we have to make sure we get this puck down to the other end for the other goalie. Now, it, it certainly didn't uh, look great uh, at first blush. We even talked about it on the broadcast, and there might be some splaining to do down the road because they're both... Swedes, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think to a certain degree, it was more was made out of it than it should have. Um, although, like you said, at first blush, it looks like a real poor showing of uh, sportsmanship. But knowing the player involved, Rasmus Anderson, uh, I, I really don't believe that to be the case. I think he was just lost in his own world, and and rightfully so after losing another game to the Ottawa Senators, which is more disturbing than uh, taking a puck away at the end of a game yeah i mean i kind of had that on while i was I, I was hosting last night so you'll have a better sense of the game flow uh th than i than i will what was what was the difference and was there i guess i'll put it this way like are you still seeing elements they, they made the coaching change but you don't get rid of all the issues with the team that's right in a week and a half with a new coach that's right. So there are signs that they're playing better. Um, you know, there's one thing about when you play on a, a team coached by Daryl Sutter, he tries to get the best out of your compete level and your will so that you're trying to break the spirit of the other team. Plus, in today's world, it's all about puck possession. So we're seeing signs of that. Like yesterday, I didn't think Calgary played all that well in the first, even though they outshot Ottawa 13-12. I thought it was a pretty evenly played period. In fact, I thought the Flames really let the Senators off the hook because they didn't do much in terms of cycling or down low play. And, and with a young Ottawa defense, I think that's where you can maybe try and expose them a little bit. 
And then in the second and third period, I thought Calgary did a much better job. But here's the problem, that it's just not consistent. And they may go, uh, well, for instance, the Saturday game in Toronto, Calgary, I thought, played really, really well. And even the night before, for about the first 12 minutes of the period, and then you don't see signs of it again. And it might reappear for another three or four minutes later on in the game or four or six or something. But, you know, to play that style, that's not a every once in a while style. If you're dedicated to playing the game that way, it's got to be every single shift. And, and that's not a cliche. That's just a, that's a fact. When you're built that way and you decide to play that way, you cannot uh, play a different style. And that's what they're, they've got to get their mindset around. And as you mentioned, they've got years of habits that uh, uh, are not the best of habits. And so they're, they're not getting away with it. Yeah. All right. Well, Kelly, we appreciate this. Uh, always good to have you hop on. And, of course, we'll talk again next week. Uh, enjoy the, the rest of the week, and I guess enjoy the next Oilers game, which is now Saturday against Toronto. Okay. Thanks, Reed. Take care. Have a great night, buddy. Right on. Thank you. That is Kelly Rudy checking in, our weekly guest on the show, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Interested with what he said there about Tyson Berry, that he says Berry doesn't really have – a predictable way that he attacks and that makes him pretty hard for other teams to scheme against certainly been working well on the Edmonton Oilers blue line this season back after the break inside sports on Chad Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. of COVID affecting everybody's world and certainly the world of sports, which is the focus on a program such as this one. I mean, we had the NHL season shut down a little over a year ago. It eventually resumed in August and the Stanley Cup was given out in Edmonton in September with Tampa Bay playing Dallas. The NBA went into a bubble. Major League Baseball played a much shorter season than usual. I guess the uh, NFL pretty much went ahead with, uh, I mean, they had to alter the schedule and some games were postponed, but they got in a full season, full playoffs, didn't have full fans for their games. But, uh, you know, thinking of postponements in the world of sports and, you know, th- there, there might be some that, that occur to you, but the one that really occurs to me as uh, th- th- maybe the most well-known postponement in, in, in my lifetime that I can think of happened on October 17th, 1989, and, and it was game three of the World Series. It was about half an hour away from the first pitch. It was Oakland and San Francisco, so it was a Bay Area series. And uh, it was going to game three in San Francisco. Oakland had uh, Oakland had won the first two games at home, 5 nothing and 5-1. So they're getting ready to play game three. And 
an earthquake hit on October 17th, and it shut down the World Series for 10 days. They didn't play Game 3 until October 27th. And this, you know, again, this happened shortly before the game. As a matter of fact, ABC television was on the air. Tim McCarver and Al Michaels were doing some pregame show stuff, and they were briefly knocked off the air, and then Al Michaels came back on. Al Michaels, not even sure he's on the radio, just knows that he's thankfully alive and the stadium didn't collapse uh, because of the earthquake. It, it turned out that uh, ABC, I was just reading up on this, they eventually aired a rerun of Roseanne and then the Wonder Years, and then they had their news coverage with Ted Koppel, and Al Michaels was on the scene, and he turned into a reporter on uh, on the earthquake, earthquake for that night. So th- that happened as they're as they're ready to broadcast a game the earthquake briefly knocked them off the air and uh, like i said delayed the world series for a week and a half in 1989 so al michaels of course incredibly well-known sports reporter was actually nominated for an emmy for news reporting because of his uh, eyewitness account of what was happening at candlestick park because of the earthquake that is certainly a significant postponement to remember in the world of sports okay we got to take a quick timeout. Bob Stoffer is going to check in when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks for tuning in. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.